Now, Carl, listen, um, I gave you um, an, an unenviable task, really, um, because uh, I've been accused in the past of, uh, on this show, of just going on and on and on uh, and being uh, critical of Donald Trump, um, which is a very easy thing to do, of course. And, um, yeah. and of course, the whole world is blue in the face uh, talking about Donald Trump because you, it's very difficult to know what to do. If you don't talk about him, you are ignoring the President of the United States. If you do talk about him, you become obsessed and you become... Uh, over uh, overindulgent in in just endlessly talking about him, um, but you're uh, going you're going to attempt you're going to attempt. Uh, by the way, are you are you a follower or a fan of Donald Trump, uh, Carl? Um, well, I am an American. I take a big interest in American politics, and I am a patriotic American. And uh, there's things he does which exasperate me, but I also like I don't have Trump derangement syndrome the way most people here do, where they can only see bad things. I do see good things coming from the USA as well, and I suppose that's why we can have this conversation is because I'm not, I'm one-sided to the extent that I'm very pro-American, but I'm not one-sided to the extent where I can only see the bad things. And so hopefully I'll, I'll be able to, to tell you about some of those things. Yeah, exactly. Because um, I've heard pro-Trump um, supporters on the radio and television um, before, and you have as well, Carl. And some of mm -hmm. them have been invited on Irish radio. And in my opinion, they're complete cranks. They're, evan they're ev evangelicals. They're half lunatic. They're crazy. And you don't, as soon as they start talking, the stuff they come out with has no basis in fact or reality. And then you lose them as a listener, in my view, because you can't take them seriously. Um, so what I'm interested in doing is hearing somebody like yourself, who is an honest and a commentator, uh, trying to pick apart the, 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 you know, the wheat from the chaff and just spelling okay. out what, 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 is, what is possible. And so, for example... Let's just start off, and I, I would put it to you, let's say, as a, as a, as a per person who's virulently anti-Trump, that from my perspective as a person living in Ireland, living in Europe, um, that this is, in my view, the worst president in history who has put um, the rule of law in his own country in jeopardy, who has destroyed um, its international reputation amongst allies and enemies alike, and who has degraded and disgraced and undermined the role of the president's presidency itself. He is a pathological liar, a malignant narcissist, which is a clinical condition and not a value judgment condition, and who I think, if he gets another four years, will put the security of the United States and the very planet itself into serious jeopardy. So, um, what do you think, Carl? <laughs> I, think, I think you have standardised Trump derangement syndrome. I would say as well, if you want to look at terrible presidents, you need to look no further than Wilson, who was factually very much a fascist, who, who prevented freedom of the press, who used to throw people in prison for disagreeing with him. And recent presidents have actually done really weird things too. The previous presidency uh, made the New York Times reveal sources of stories. Uh, you know, that was something that even though Trump doesn't like the media, he never did. And of course, people never remember the bad things Obama did because he gets a Passover. So what I want to do is look at the Trump presidency versus Trump the president. One is a team and a person who's doing a pretty good job and the other is a man who would exasperate even the most steadfast with some of the things he says but the job of an american president let's be clear is to further the interests of the american people and the american nation and he's doing a good job of that which doesn't require public endorsement from you me or anybody else how uh, up until recently because we're not the vote well i am a voter sorry you're not the voter mm -hmm. most of the people who talk about him aren't the voters so He's playing to a voting base of Americans 
And up until recently, the economy was a massive success story. Record low numbers of unemployment, particularly in minorities. The best numbers since we started keeping track 50 years ago of employment for blacks, Hispanics, Asians, massive increases of uh, employment for women. Okay, And not only that, but Trump has found the forgotten man and woman and brought them back to the fore. Rising employment in the lowest people of the economic scale, less people needing food stamp, rising income in the lower wages, millions of manufacturing jobs. Okay, He's done a, a pretty good, despite what people are saying, coronavirus response, which again, totally overlooked. Uh, it was actually still during his impeachment that he was accused of being a racist for banning travel from China. It was actually a good choice. March 13th, declared a national emergency. Same day as we did, January 29th, coronavirus task force set, set up. Most people not thinking about it. you know. And, and we don't have, for instance, this obsession with other leaders in the world like uh, Xi Jinping of China, who has over a million people in concentration camps for the crime of being a Muslim, uh, ethnic Uyghurs, and they're being horrifically treated. So when you look at the way Trump is responding to coronavirus, what I'd like you to do is for a moment, you can deny him his successes, but Mario, what you can't do is deny the man his failures. You can't deny the fact that he has failed many times in business. And because of that, he knows what failing businesses need. So he's got $1,000 for every adult, $500 for every child. He brought out a thing called Payment Protection Program. My little brother in Arkansas told me about this. It's for the self-employed people and business owners. They get money, a, a large tranche of money to keep their workers on the payroll. And that, that, that loan, because it is a loan, will be entirely forgiven as long as they spend the money, use it on payroll, mortgages, interest, utilities. And if you didn't use it on payroll, you only have to pay it back at a very low percentage. Okay? And that is an amazing stimulus for businesses. No other country has really replicated that. Uh, and I could go on. I think he understands hard power quite well. Uh, you know, What's there's no hard more power? accusations. Hard power is, is violence. Uh, you know, in, in, in politics, you're talking about the ability to really go in and push, push your, throw your weight around. So, for instance, during the last presidency, uh, Putin went in and took over Crimea. Obama said, you shouldn't do that. And uh, Putin said, well, you're not going to do anything. And he was right. But that's not happening under Trump. Putin doesn't feel that way about Trump. And the same with the Iranians. The Iranian nuclear deal was a sham. The U.S. was right to pull out. The evidence since supports it. They, were, they lied about their enrichment during the making of the deal. And they used proxy groups to fund terror. I Iranian terror groups, like, Iran has funded Hezbollah for, for decades so they turn around and kill a, a U.S. worker. So Trump kills the militia that did it. They attack a U.S. embassy. Trump kills their top general. Let's them know, you want to play hardball? This is how it works. So you're saying... The Iranians vow to extract their revenge. Yeah. You know, we're going we're gonna to rain terror on you. They attack an empty airbase, then shoot down a plane full of innocent people. You know, and it was a complete failure. And Iran is yeah. back in the box it belongs in because maximum pressure is working. Okay. So you're saying, in a sense, that uh, Trump is one of those presidents that uh, carries a big stick and that uh, uh, and that, that, that keeps people at bay and keeps people um, in line, as it were. Well, look, the, the, the leader of ISIS, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi, he's dead now. The next guy who took over from him, he's going to be dead soon too. Okay. Bashar al-Assad of Syria was dropping chemical bombs on his people. He did that during the Obama administration. Obama said, stop, you'll regret it. Did nothing. He did it when Trump was the president. The next day, bombs rained down. The message is clear, very clear. Yeah. And everyone understands it. It's effective. It's brutal, but it is effective. All right. And he's bringing peace to the USA. There's a peace deal on the cards with Afghanistan. No one mentions that. He got the US out of Syria. No one mentions that. That was a treacherous move on the Kurds. 
But in terms of American interests and saving American lives, that's the point. You know, get out of long wars that we don't belong in. Okay, Carl, can I just, um, the first thing you brought up there was the economy. Can I just say, just put a few things to you about the economy? What if somebody said to you um, that the the idea that uh, the Donald Trump has done a good job with the economy is is a, is is not true. It's a complete lie. So let me give you some ideas. I'd, I'd be delighted to hear you pick holes in in my received wisdom. So that the, uh-huh. the so that for example, that he hasn't made the forgotten man remembered. That if you're a primary school teacher in the United States, you can't afford to live because you need to have two or even sometimes three jobs to um, survive. That the um, the national debt has been skyrocketed now with the Corona uh, COVID nineteen crisis, probably up to twenty five trillion, um, which is absolutely unheard of. Um, that it could go uh, that high. That um, there is no infrastructure. That the infrastructural um, state of the United States is in terrible shape. Uh, bridges, train lines, um, absolutely not attended to. Healthcare. So. Health costs five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten thousand um, dollars a month for people. Um, unaffordable, completely unaffordable. Uh, tariffs. I tariffed uh, China. Really? Don't Americans have to pay that through higher prices? Isn't he lying? That that isn't that a, not a lie? Can you respond to any of those ones? Of course I can. Of course I can. Okay. Well, look. Let's look at, um, for instance, you mentioned infrastructure. Um, well, Trump had actually put forward in February 2018 a $200 billion federal plan for infrastructure matched by $1.5 trillion in private sector investment. You know who shot it down? The Democrats, because they didn't like the emphasis on state and local funding. But state and local was one of the most effective ways to build infrastructure because they're the ones who have the ability to tax it and maintain it best. Now, March 2020, and, and Mary, I'm surprised whoever did your research didn't point this out to you, there's a $2 trillion infrastructure deal on the cards. Again, most people don't hear about this because of the derangement syndrome, where they can tell you how he said to drink bleach, which he didn't say, but they can't mention anything of actual material significance that is happening today in the USA. Now, on the national debt, I'm with you. I'm actually quite hawkish on national debts. I don't agree with it. But the likes of Paul Krugman, who is a dyed-in-the-wool Democrat, has always said that national debts don't matter. You can go to whatever point you want because of the US dollar is such a pervasive requirement in the world economies. He might be right. I disagree. I'm with you on that one. I think his treatment of spending is not responsible. But those tax cuts do actually work. And and that's the thing. I mean, most Americans are better off financially. And critics have always come out and they say, well, well, yeah, but rich people are better off too. Well, why do you care if rich people are better off, if poor people are better off as well? Or do you actually care about the effectiveness of a policy? Uh, you know, if rich being richer and poor people are richer too, that means a policy worked. Would you be happy to see poor people worse off as long as the rich pay more? And that's the kind of weirdness that people get into when they talk about policy. But, you know, the U.S., you mentioned China mm. and the tariffs there. Yes. He's doing yes. good trade deals. He's cut trade deals with Japan. He has a new one with China. He's working on one with the U.K. There was a massive one done with the US, USA, Mexico, and Canada trade deal. You know, he turns around and looks at bad deals and gets them changed. He got Europe, European nations to start funding NATO par- properly because everyone wants America to be the world police and pay for it. He said, no, they're going to have to... I would absolutely agree with that. I would, sorry, I would, so I'm trying, to, I'm trying to listen to what you say, and, and uh, I would absolutely agree with that. I think he really... I think he called out uh, Europe on that one, and I think that's a fair enough call. Yeah, go on, Carl. 
Okay, so, you know, good trade deals coming forward, scrapping trade deals he doesn't agree with, including things like the Paris deal, which, you know, if you're into climate change, you're obviously very upset about. But he said that it, it, would, it would be negative for America, so he's just not taking part in it. And that's the thing, you see, European leaders hate Trump because he's not a pushover who will give away on trade to keep positive headlines. He just renegotiates the deal entirely. He says, no, we start from fresh. I'll tear up everything unless it's good for America. And Americans in America actually appreciate that because for a long time they felt that they were being sold out to other interests or that you know people in the USA were, like I said, the forgotten man and woman. That expression only came about because they felt they had been forgotten. And Trump plays well to them. And the USA is a good economy. Uh, it's, it's gone through some pain, but their markets have already rebounded because of the belief because of the belief that the Trump administration will ensure that the USA gets back to work and the US people themselves are, are you know, go-getters too, which also helps. But uh, you're not seeing that elsewhere. In fact, getting back to things like coronavirus, you know, if you look at uh, Italy, Spain, and France, a, comp a combined population of half the USA, and their count is higher than the damage being done in the US, and yet people still say, oh, he's handling things terribly. You know, look at the 12 countries at the top of the death per million population on coronavirus, and you can do that on Worldometer. Take out two small nations that skew the statistics, and it's basically a who's who of Europe. You know, and, and they are doing rebuilding. Those plans are all there. But Mario, if people don't want to hear it, and all they want to hear about is, you know, the, the, the clickbait type headlines that he often comes out with because he communicates via Twitter, well, then you're not going to see the great things happening in America. But it's an amazing country full of huge innovation. Most of the innovations that we're using today, you know, a lot of them came from America, whether it's new technology and internet or, you know, people doing Zoom meetings today, all that stuff, that's all happening from the USA, wasn't invented in bleeding France. And uh, that's, that's an important thing to think about. What he about has to keep something diverse and huge on the, on the rails and he's doing it. Mm. What about, um, you talked about uh, he never said uh, drinking bleach and this came at one of his... Um, infamous press briefings which he kind of took over and uh, used as his kind of uh, a substitute for his nightly rallies and yeah. uh, bragged about the ratings. What about his continuous, vicious and, if you like, unprecedented attacks on members of the press? Oh my goodness, don't even get me started. It's, I'm getting it's you bad. started, start. You know, <laughs> I, I don't like it. But you see, Trump is, is you see through him in a second because it's like he's so obviously like against the press. But then look at how Obama did the same thing. He denied the Washington Post access to the U.S. presidential press office. He refused three, more, three times more freedom of information requests than all the other presidents in the USA combined. So he used to just make sure nothing came out. And when the New York Times ran anti-stories, he went and demanded them to, to reveal the sources. I mean, that's, that's worse than hating the press. Like if I was a journalist, I'd much rather have someone badmouth me and call me names than force me to reveal my sources. You know, so American presidents have always had this bully pulpit. Some of them do it with a lot of panache, like Obama, who was excellent. Others do it with just sheer ignorance. And you're seeing that with Trump. But I mean, if you want to look at bad presidents, you know, look at Carter, awful president, amazing man after his presidency. What he has done since being president is nothing short of, of miraculous. But as a president, he was crap. You know, you look at a great president like Reagan. You look at great presidents, Bill Clinton was a good president. You know, George Bush, I don't believe so much. Obama was good first half, bad second half. They all have different legacies. But the legacy of Trump will be negative, not because of what actually occurs, but because of what people are saying. Because they can't see, they can't separate 
the uh, you know the, the the woods from the trees, whatever that expression is. They can't see beyond it. Mm. Uh, you, you're still not sound convinced. No, I'm. I'm. I, I literally, I just didn't want to interrupt you. I want you to find your your your, your thought process. I'm not going to pick holes in what you're going to say or jump in. I, I wanted you to continue your thought process because it's so unusual for us here, really, to hear this kind of um, this kind of argument. And I'm I'm just trying to listen to you and and place myself in your position. Um, we're kind of running. Yeah. We're I I'd like to pursue it in another um, way in the future, Carl. Thank you very much for doing it for starters and. Um, but do you what's your what's your feeling about the November third election? Do you think that um, it is likely that he will be returned? I would see Trump as a damn near ninety percent likelihood. Joe Biden was already rejected twice for the role of president in his life. That won't change. I think he's actually in a similar position to to where John McCain was on his second run where he's a good candidate, he's too old, his health is actually a concern which isn't being largely spoken about. But um, no, well, you're, you're going to be facing Trump for, for a second term, so just get used to it. <laughs> Carl, on that, on that absolutely fantastically... Get into the acceptance phase. Get into it, Mario. Get into it, Mario. Just get into Trump. That's, that's, that's his next campaign slogan. Get into Trump. Fantastic. Uh, okay, Carl, I'm going to think about what you've just said. Um... And I'm going to chat with Patrick and I'm going to see if there's another way I can get you on at some other stage closer to the election, maybe. And thank you very much for doing it. Absolutely delighted. That Cheers, was, Mario, that was Carl Dieter. Thanks very much, Carl. Mario Sunday Roast on Today FM with Mario Rosenstock.